Hello, beautiful souls and amazing energies. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Moments with Manifesting Mama, R.I. This is season two, episode three, um, and it's titled Justice for Peter. This episode is a little bit different than my typical episodes. Um, I think this season has kind of just been different than what my episodes were like last year, just kind of topics being discussed, having, you know, guests on um, more frequently, and just my overall growth and everything as I continue to evolve and grow, the podcast is going to as well. And um, I'm super proud of it. And I'm really, really happy about the direction it's going. And um, I know I don't have like a crazy amount of followers or listeners yet, but I feel like if I can use this platform or any platform to help get justice for my brother, then um, I'm going to. And even if only a few people hear it, even if only, you know, one or two new people who don't know about his case now know about it after listening to my podcast, then I've done something. I've taken a step in the right direction. And I'll get into later how um, anybody listening to this, um, if you'd like to help us, when I say us, I mean me and my family, um, to get justice for my brother. So I am also going to do a card reading at the end and I am going to get into spirit show up, which is, uh, you know, my brother came through a lot when we were down in North Carolina. So I guess I'll just jump right into it then. Um, and explain what I mean by justice for Peter. I know I've spoken about my brother, um, Pat having, you know, been passed and, that uh, I may have mentioned on a different episode that he was um, killed or murdered. I'm not sure if I did, but um, I'm going to go into more detail here on this episode about his case and about everything that has happened um, more so than I have in the past. So just the backstory for people who don't know, um, I am the middle and then I have an older brother. Tommy, who is actually 15 years older than me. Uh, and then there's me. And then there's there was seven years between me and Peter. So my oldest brother, Tommy, and my youngest brother, Peter, there was actually 22 years age difference. Um, my dad started early. I finished late in life. Uh, we all had the same dad. And we all have different moms. So yes, we are technically half, but we didn't grow up that way. And that's something like a lot of people don't know. People close to us, they know. And they would never be like, oh, yeah, that's Christine's half-brother. or That's Tommy's half-sister. Like, nope, that's Tommy's sister. That's Peter's sister. That's Christine's brothers. Um, and that's just how we we always grew up. Um, you know, when people, I remember the first time someone saying to me, oh, you're half. And I was like offended. I was like, half. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, those are my brothers. Like, I don't know what you are talking about. But, um, you know, although we did have a very big, crazy, blended family, um, we were extremely, extremely close. Growing up, I remember uh, once a week during the week and every weekend, if not every weekend, every other weekend um, being spent with my dad and my brother you know, once he was born. 
Um, and they lived in Yonkers, New York, and I grew up in Pelham. So it was only like 15 minutes away. So we saw each other all the time. I mean, I remember babysitting my little brother, spending a lot of time with Peter as a kid and, and, you know, my niece and stuff. And, um, I recall even times when like my dad and my older brother might've been like not talking or like arguing or whatever. And my older brother would come and pick us up, me and Peter and like take us to McDonald's. And I remember frozen apple juice, getting frozen apple juice and, um, playing in the play place. So like, we were all always really, really close. Um, and then when my dad actually split from Peter's mom, um, my dad started dating Sandy. And it's crazy because Sandy has a daughter named Christine who actually wound up marrying my brother and they have two boys. So although Sandy and my dad wound up not being together in the end, and although they were never married, they do share grandchildren. Um, so that's like a whole nother crazy story about how the universe and fate works in mysterious and crazy ways anyway. Um, but those years, um, on Speedling in Yonkers, um, the house where we were all one big crazy combined family was awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, when my younger brother, when Peter was around 11, I believe, <clears throat> Um, he moved to North Carolina with his mom. Um, and at first, like, I'm not going to lie. I was upset. I was mad. I was like, why are you taking my brother? Like, what do you mean? Like, I went from seeing him every single week to now all of a sudden I see him maybe twice a year, once a summer, if we're lucky. Um, I felt like my dad didn't fight hard enough. God rest his soul. Dad, you already know I feel like this, so. I just feel like he didn't, I don't know. Maybe he thought that it was going to be better for him down there and everything. Um, more opportunity, etc. Who knows? Anyway, um, so that's that's kind of like the chain of events. So. Peter now lives down in North Carolina and we see him probably, you know, once to twice a year. Um, now fast forward to five years after Peter has now lived down in North Carolina. So that brings him to 16, right? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. So he's 16 at this time. I'm 22. And our dad passes away from lung cancer. Um, he came, I believe, one time to the hospital to see my dad. Um, and he basically found out over the phone without getting to say goodbye to my dad that my dad was gone. And uh, losing my dad really messed him up. And he actually admitted that to me. And I... I think that's part of the reason why he kind of turned to some of the things that he turned to in his life. Um, you know, I love my brother to death, but I don't think that he was a hundred percent, uh, an innocent angel. I mean, he was a, a great kid. He would give you the shirt off his back. He, you know, 
was like a big teddy bear, always willing to help, always willing to, you know, make someone smile, tell a joke, etc. Um, but like any vulnerable teenager who just lost their dad, um, I don't know. I don't think he had a clear head and I don't think he was making good decisions. Um, I remember him telling me that um, ever since daddy died, he just didn't care anymore. Um, him and my dad were really close. Um, and yeah, it really took a toll on him. So I guess I'm now going to talk about why we still say justice for Peter. So um, two years and 10 months, give or take a few days after my dad passed away, my little brother was shot and killed in Huntersville, North Carolina in an apartment complex on February 19th, 2014 at 6.21 p.m. So when I fast, not fast forward, wow, when I rewind back to that day, um, it's really, really crazy because the first, I'd say two hours, hour, first hour or two hours um, after my brother's murder, in my opinion, the Huntersville Police Department already dropped the ball. Like. I guess I have to tell you the story about how I found out that my brother passed away. Um, I was sitting on my girlfriend's couch and she was putting her son to sleep and we were going to hang out and watch a movie. Um, and I'm just scrolling on Facebook and all of a sudden I see a picture of my brother and I see something that says, rest in peace, big guy. At first, it did not click at all. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, who died? And then I go to my brother's Facebook page. And for like an hour or so, people had been posting like, rest in peace, Peter, on his Facebook page. Well, I immediately lost it. I mean, I remember dropping to the floor and just like screaming and my girlfriend came out and was like, what is wrong? What is wrong? Oh, my God. And, like, I could hardly even get the words out. And I'm like, oh, my God. And now I'm like, I have to call Tommy. I have to call my older brother. I'm like, can this be true? Like, how did I was just, I remember shaking. I remember trying to call my brother. He didn't answer. I called my mom and I trying to tell her, but I'm screaming and she can't understand what I'm saying. And I'm just like, you just need to come get me. Like I knew I couldn't drive at this point. Um, finally I get on the phone with my brother and again, I'm like, I can't, I'm not even logical at this point. And I'm somehow able to tell him Peter's dead. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like thinks that I'm absolutely out of my mind. And I just said, I remember telling him, go look at his Facebook. He's like, all right, I'm going to go look at his Facebook. I'll call you back. So on the other side, now my brother goes and looks on Facebook 
and obviously immediately is concerned. So he calls my brother's mom down in North Carolina. And when she answered the phone, my brother basically says that he had like a moment of like, huh, like relief, like, all right, this isn't true. Like, because he could tell that her voice, she was fine. Yeah, well, she was fine because she didn't know yet. My brother had his ID on him and people were already posting for over an hour on Facebook, rest in peace. And his mother didn't know he was dead. Like the Huntersville Police Department did not call his mother. They did not show up at his house. They did not contact her. She found out through his siblings in New York that he was dead. Like, how is that even okay? And then still uh, at least an hour or so goes by before the police department even gives them a confirmation that it's, I just, I'm sorry. Like the minute that my brother passed away, an officer should have been sent or called whatever reached out to and been in contact with his mother to let him know. And she should not have found out that way. And all social media should not have known before her. Um, so yeah. So the next morning, so February 15th, me and my older brother, um, we hop on a flight and we go down there. And I mean, the news is just like stalking stalking us, stalking the house, stalking the scene of the crime. So mind you, my brother was shot at 6.21 PM, broad daylight, um, in the middle of an apartment complex, an apartment complex where a lot of people live. And there's a lot of foot traffic because people are going in and out of their houses and living their lives and playing in their yard and smoking cigarettes out on their deck. Like, I don't know, but I know that <sighs> there's no way no one saw anything. It's unreal. It's unreal. And maybe they're scared. But, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that now, maybe after some time has passed, maybe someone who knows something, someone who has moved or is maybe in a different phase of life, that maybe this will somehow reach them and our efforts will reach them and, and they will finally um, speak out. Um, you know, I remember Detective Lesser from the Huntersville Police Department stood in the kitchen at my brother's house. Um, you know, and it's a surreal thing. It's like you see it on the movies. Um, someone's murdered and like you see it on the news. Uh, you know, a murder case. Uh, but when you are watching the news and it's your brother's picture and the police are in front of you talking about this, like it's, I, I can tell you I was on like autopilot, you know, and, and I feel like everyone was really high emotion. Everyone was really, um, angry and sad. And, um, I feel like 
there was too many people involved almost. So, you know, Detective Lester stood in the kitchen promising, saying like all his friends that are standing here today, you know, in, in his house, because we were all gathered at his house um, in mourning, you know, um, we're going to solve this. This is going to be a like a done deal. Um, you know, everyone here is going to tell us what they know and we're going to like, everyone here is going to tell us what they know. Like, in my mind, it's like, this is the first 24 hours and you're standing here in this kitchen with people you've already interviewed, basically pleading with them to come tell you something that they haven't told you already. And like, I didn't really realize until afterwards, till thinking about it afterwards with a much clearer head, that he was banking on my brother's friends and like the people that were involved basically ratting out and, and, and giving them the answers because they couldn't figure it out themselves. Um, you know, unfortunately a lot of the evidence that is had is what they would call hearsay. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems because there's no weapon. Um, and unfortunately hearsay is hard because it's like, I overheard so-and-so saying such and such. Okay. Like, it's just not really concrete enough, I guess. I mean, that's what we're being told. I don't know. I don't know. If, again, it goes back to, I don't know if people are scared. Um, I don't know if people are afraid that, like, if they speak out. I mean, I'm sure they are if they speak out that... Something might happen to them. I mean, look at how crazy it was. I mean, a 19-year-old kid could just get shot and killed in broad daylight in the middle of an apartment complex and nobody freaking sees anything. Eight years later, they, they get away with it. Are you kidding me? Um, I know for a 100% fact that people who, um, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying a lot of people who called themselves my brother's friend know more than they say. Um, and some of the information that they hold... Uh, and do not speak about may hold significant keys to this unsolved case. Um, I honestly, I can't say what I would do in their situation. Um, you know, again, do they fear retaliation? Do they, they walk the sh same streets with these people daily? Uh, probably, but I mean, to me, wasn't Peter's life worth more? Doesn't his mother and, and all of us deserve closure? Um, you know, they say that they can't make this arrest. It's due to lack of evidence. Well, I mean, Huntersville Police Department should be held accountable for dropping the ball, false promises, disorganization. Um, I can't go into too much details, but uh, vital information was leaked. Um, how do you not respond to a grieving mother when she pleads for help and answers um, as to what happened to her baby um, that she had to bury eight years ago? Eight years of like, I'm sorry, no answers or just no response at all. It's unacceptable. Um, if the Huntersville Police Department was not equipped to handle a case of this magnitude, then they should have utilized other resources to help them. Um, and I don't believe that this was done to the fullest extent that it could have and should have been. Um, just another example, Huntersville Police Department throughout the past eight years got a new chief. My brother's mother reached out requesting a meeting to discuss Peter's case. No response. No callback. No meeting. Unacceptable, right? Unacceptable. Um, 
we as a family, we feel that this case just needs to be looked at by a fresh set of eyes. Um, things need to be looked at again. Things need to be taken more seriously. Um, and we're not going to stop until it's done. Um, I mentioned there might be a way that you can help us. I am asking and thanking in advance. Um, and I'm so very grateful for anyone who is willing to help us. Um, I'm asking my friends, families, and list my friends, my family, and my listeners, um, to please help us out by writing a letter, um, about Peter's case and how he deserves justice. Um, and that the actions or lack thereof from the Huntersville police department should not go unaccounted for. Um, and if you're willing to do so, I encourage you to please reach out to the mayor of Huntersville, North Carolina. Her name is Melinda Bales. That's M E L I N D A Melinda Bales B A L E S. Um, you can write to her via regular snail mail if you'd like. It's P.O. Box 664, and that is Huntersville, North Carolina. 28070. Uh, her email address is M Bales, B A L E S, at Huntersville, and that's H U N T E R S V I L L E. So M Bales at Huntersville.org, O R G. Um, she's also on Facebook. You can find her. Uh, her name is Melinda Bales, Huntersville Mayor. So um, if you do write to her, please just make the title or the subject line uh, Justice for Peter Jordan. Um, again, in advance, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for anyone who so kindly helps us out because um, we're never going to give up. Um, and I know that we are doing the right thing. And uh, my brother showed me his support. And that he was around us the whole time we were down um, in North Carolina. So I just wanted to say thank you again in advance. Um, if you do so choose to reach out uh, and help us, we are not going to stop. My brother deserves justice. And the more we bring it to the forefront, the more we bring attention to it, the more we bring it back into people's minds, the more we get people talking about it again, the more we get people thinking about it again, the more chance there is to um, stir up some new information and new evidence about this case. And I truly believe that. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and next I am going to start basically getting into my spirit show ups and how my brother let me know even before I got to North Carolina that he was with me and he was around me and um, just how amazing it was. So spirit show ups. Let me rewind back to the night before the trip really quickly. Um, he was showing himself to me and I didn't even realize it. Um, and this is how I say the universe and our angels and spirit guys, they work in crazy ways. Ready? So it's Thursday night. 
me, my cousin, and my female soulmate, my Biff, uh, we were driving around um, in my car in the old neighborhoods that like we used to hang out in before I moved to Rhode Island and stuff. Um, and we happen to be in Yonkers and we go past the house where this girl, Stephanie lived. Now I was friends with this girl, Stephanie, because her sister, her older sister, Michelle used to babysit my little brother, Peter, when he was little. So, um, when I was friends with Stephanie, we actually had both had this like strange obsession with Sailor Moon. Um, it's like this Japanese anime cartoon, whatever show series memorabilia. I mean, I had the Japanese dubbed versions. I had, I mean, I just had an obsession. So, um, I actually asked my cousin if he remembered that, um, about my obsession with Sailor Moon and he like laughed. He was like, Oh yes, of course. Um, you know, and I, I told him, I was like, that's the house where Stephanie lived. Um, so just remember that for later. Cause as I go through, um, all the ways that my brother showed up, that, that story is going to come into play right there. Sailor Moon, uh, Sailor Pluto, who I, I mean, part of me may have believed that I was Sailor Pluto at one point in time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, to be young and uh, live in a fantasy, right? So, okay. So remember that. Anyway, so every year um, we do go down to North Carolina to the cemetery. And um, I always get a big bouquet of flowers for my brother. Um, and, you know, I only get to put flowers at his grave personally go there and place them once a year because obviously it's, it's far. Um, so this year, for some reason, I was like, you know, I don't want to just get something that's like big and pretty and gaudy or whatever. I said, I want to get something that's meaningful. And this shows my growth too. And like how I'm all about intention and alignment. And I looked up flowers for brother love and carnations and yellow roses came up. Um, the bouquet was gorgeous. And like, I'm going to post pictures. There's several things I'm going to mention throughout. Um, I will post them, the pictures, um, of everything I talk about that I have photo like proof of. Um, I'm going to post it on my Instagram under the podcast highlight reel. Um, and my Instagram is manifesting mama RI. So, uh, anyway, the bouquet was beautiful. It had yellow roses, um, carnations, yellow and, uh, white, and then two big blue snowballs and like greenery. So it was gorgeous. I'm really sorry, but I get super thirsty and I'm human. And I do this raw and I don't care. I'm 100% authentic. I took a sip of my drink. Okay. Anyway. So um, I'll also post pictures of the bouquet. Yes. Um, so I have mentioned already a couple times that my brother passed away at 621 PM and he passed away on 219. Now my brother comes to me all the time, sometimes almost on demand. And my dad too, um, with numbers. My dad comes in to me, as I've mentioned 
719. And you guys know that my brother comes in. Anyone who's listened to the podcast before knows that my brother comes in um, with 219 all the time. So the I, I check out the flowers and the total price for the flowers was $62.19. So not only is the 219 there, but the 621 as well. Um, I, I pretty much knew right then and there that he liked the flowers. He was saying thanks. Um, I mean, you can't really make that up. Like 6219, like you have the 621 and the 219, like you have it all it, it, and it's in order. It's not like the, I'm sorry. I have chills through my whole body still now just thinking about it. Like you can't make this stuff up and I don't believe in coincidence. I just don't believe in coincidence. Like I know it's my brother. Like I get giddy right now. Cause it's like, I feel like I can feel his energy and he's just validating to me more like, yep, that's me. Um, so anyway, after the cemetery, we do our thing at the cemetery. Um, we go to Starbucks and we meet with my brother's mom. Now, just a quick little side note. We had not had a sit-down talk with my brother's mom um, in eight years. Basically, just personal family drama, high emotions, all of that, um, things that went on. But, you know, we've now put that aside in order to come together to get justice for Peter because that's what Peter would have wanted and that's what's important. Um, and, you know, we had a great talk and we, we started talking about like the different information we knew about the case. We're trying to put pieces together. God, I wish I could get my hands on that case. Like, I don't know if anybody has watched, um, the show, uh, manifest, but like Ben's big web, his big board. Um, like I want to figure out my brother's case. Like I wish I could see all the pieces and everything and try to put it together. And like, just, you know, see something that maybe someone else didn't see. I don't know. Use my abilities, use my resources. Like, you know, I am into the whole psychic mediums and, you know, card readings and just receiving signs and messages. And maybe somehow I'd be able to put pieces together that others wouldn't. But apparently it is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not open to the public. I can't do that. I can't get my hands on the information. So, Oh, it's kind of frustrating and infuriating because I really wish that I could. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, so we, we had a good talk. Um, we basically just started trying to come up with a plan to have justice served, like not to let this case go cold. Um, and, and, you know, nowadays it's with social media and the media, word of mouth, reaching out to government officials, just making sure that this case is not being left by the wayside. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, that the Huntersville Police Department is held accountable for allowing this to go on unsolved with no answers or closure, even after eight years. Um, so uh, just another little thing, this, this Starbucks that we went to, it was awesome. Um, they actually have the reward sign still up eight years later for my brother, his gorgeous photo and the info about where to go. If you have any info, um, you know, it was still up and, and we need more exposure. Uh, you know, that, that's the point of this too. And this is why we want to bring this to the forefront again. Uh, you know, we can't let people forget. We need to bring it to people's minds again. 
and make them be like, oh, wait, I think I remember or something, anything that might be able to help get us justice. Um, you know, again, if you're interested in helping, um, we are open to suggestions. Um, again, the, the letters being written, if you have any resources or connections or to the media, any exposure outlets, anything and everything, please contact me directly. If you feel you can be of any assistance to us in any way, um, we would so appreciate it. And we're so grateful for all the support we receive and continue to receive these past eight years. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you again in advance. Um, so we're talking about this, um, back to, um, the spirit show ups from my brother before we leave the Starbucks to head back down to, um, our, our Southern family, as I like to call them, they're, uh, three hours North of the cemetery. And it's where we stay when we go down there for the anniversary. Um, my, my little brother, Peter's mom actually told me that she had a box of toys, um, that were Peter's and she wanted my son and my nephews to share them. She said, she doesn't want to throw them away. Um, you know, but she gave them to us and I immediately got emotional, like my brother's stuff, you know, I get to hold them and touch them and watch my baby and my nephews play with them. You know, how freaking cool. Mm. Guess what? Bet your bottom dollar. There were two figurines of Sailor Moon in that box. And I will post pictures. And one of them was Sailor Pluto. Which I already said she was my absolute favorite. So um, there you go again. My brother saying, I hear you. I'm with you. I support what you are doing. I love the memories too. Um, you know, it's so amazing and you, you can't help but smile and I can't help but feel him around me in those exact moments. Um, like the synchronicity, like how is it that I just went past this girl's house? I have not been in that neighborhood in years. I have not gone past that house probably in more than a decade. And I happen to drive past that house, talk about the Sailor Moon and then I'm sorry. It, any toys could have been in that bin, like the Sailor Moon and the Sailor Pluto. Like, I'm sorry. I just, no one's going to convince me otherwise. Like you can't make this shit up. Like there can't be that many coincidences. Like I don't believe in coincidences. It is the ways that your angels and spirit guides can communicate with you. Um, now that they do not have a physical body through energy, through events happening, through things being in synchronicity, through things lining up. Um, this is the way that they can communicate with you now. And you got to be open to it. You got to be in alignment with it. You got to pay attention to it. You got to ask for it. You got to set the intentions that you will receive the signs and messages that you want and need. Um, and you know, if you need help doing any of that, um, I have, ritual kits and tools and, uh, manifesting tools and tension setting tools and sprays and just all different goodies up my sleeve that are totally customizable. Or if you just want like a card reading for some general info, um, you can find my link to my Etsy shop or book a reading with me. Uh, the best way to reach me is Instagram manifesting mama RI, but yeah, feel, feeling my brother around me, um, 
you know, it makes me want to do this work even more and share it with others because if it can do what it does for me, it can do what it, it does for me for other people. And it's so very healing and um, humbling and reassuring. And I just, okay, I'm going to give you more proof now. So uh, we start to drive back. Um, we literally pulled out of the Starbucks and in front of me, as we're pulling out of the Starbucks, the license plate was literally 219. And again, I will post the picture on my Instagram. Um, then like maybe five or 10 minutes later, um, my husband noticed that my until empty miles, like on my gas thing was 219. I have a picture of that too. Um, and then like right after that, the amount of time to get us back to Henderson where we stay, um, was two hours and 19 minutes. And like all this happened within like 20 minutes of us leaving that meeting with my brother's mom. And I'm sorry, I do not believe in coincidence. Like I said, he was showing me in my face repeatedly that he was there and that he was around and he knows what's going on. And my husband witnessed the whole thing. I sent pictures of it to my brother's mom as it happened. She was in awe. She couldn't believe it. Again, you know, just my brother showing up and validating and, and, and that's priceless. I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm able to receive these signs and messages from him. Um, you know, even though he's no longer physically here, um, the energetic connection will never be severed. It is eternal. Um, and that is insanely profound, isn't it? You know, just think about that for a minute. When your loved one passes away, your energies are still connected. And they are still around you and they are still a part of you. And having validation and really knowing that, um, you know, makes it just a little bit easier to cope on those bad days. You know, um, I, I really encourage you all to be open to receiving. And if you don't know where to start, like I said, DM me and we'll get you a ritual kit or some manifesting tools or some intention setting affirmations, whatever put it all together for you and get you on your way to receiving. Um, since I've been home from North Carolina, I have felt so much more connected and in alignment. Um, I've been focusing and practicing more and really working on my goals and uh, working on making moves um, regarding my brother's case and also my business. Um, I feel like very, very empowered and inspired right now. I've literally been seeing angel numbers all the time. The synchronicity is insane. Like I can literally, I'm going to post them. I have so many license plates, like multiple where I, the numbers are showing themselves to me that, or like somewhere in my car or the time, or I'm just, and I take pictures of them when I can. Um, I get pissed when I can't because I'm like, ah, oh. but yeah. So I'm going to show that I, I, again, I'm going to post all these pictures. Um, I am actually feeling like lighter. Um, and, and more trusting and just even more open to the universe and its timing and letting the chips fall where they may. And uh, the more you're in alignment and open to receiving messages and signs from spirit and your angels, the more you will. Um, they have literally been so in my face and so loud, as I like to say lately. Um, and I know um, what is on the horizon for me. And I am so excited um, so I just can't wait to share it with you all, um, on more episodes to come. 
Um, I am going to end this episode with an oracle card reading for the collective, for those listening, for whom it resonates with. Um, if you would like a private reading again, or if you're interested in any of my ritual kits, manifesting tools, intention setting, uh, and affirmation kits and sprays, uh, my Etsy shop link. I have a whole link tree. It's in the bio, my Instagram manifesting mama RI, um, I've also put that info and the mayor, Mayor Melinda Bales, Huntersville. I put all that info in the show notes as well. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok. Again, it's Manifesting Mama RI. I post content a lot on both uh, Instagram and TikTok. I can be reached up on both as well um, for services, products, collaborations, questions, anything regarding my brother's case, anything you might be able to help us with. Um, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I am so very grateful. Um, so with all that being said, um, let's pull some cards. I have done a reading, uh, an Oracle card reading from the Believe in Your Own Magic Oracle deck by Amanda Lovelace. Um, I've been loving this deck lately, um, and I did pull three cards for the collective, um, those who are listening and for whom this may resonate. I have received card number six, eight, and 45. So card number six is dragons, slay them all. You know, life does have its struggles, its trials, its tribulations, and you have the ability to take down whatever and get through whatever is meant to take you down. And I think that this resonates because I am on a mission. And this card is very much about being on a mission and not allowing anything to stop you and get in your way. Because you have the power within you to slay literally anything that comes your way. Um, when your heart is involved, um, people don't always have the best intentions. Um, you know, they may pretend that they're doing good for you, um, only for you to later find out that they're toxic or maybe even abusive. Um, the time has basically come where all of this negativity, your, your trials, your tribulations, um, your toxicity, the negativity in your life, um, you need to face it and you basically have to nip in the butt and slay it before it slays you. Um, you know, you need to make sure, um, that boundaries are set. You need to make sure that your goals are met. You need to make sure that you are practicing self-care and that you are making sure that um, your needs are being met. Um, and just know that although it might not be easy, you have the ability to slay any single thing that comes your way. Um, the next card is wings. You never needed those wings to fly. Um, you need to believe in yourself. You need to let go of the self-doubt and the insecurities and know that you are incredible just as you are. 
Um, there is nothing that you can't do. You can do whatever you set your mind to. Um, you need to let go of the negative self-talk. You need to um, release self-doubt. Um, it's extremely toxic. And, you know, how we set those boundaries and expect other people to treat us with kindness and respect and we will not tolerate anything less. We should not tolerate anything less from ourselves either. Um, and again, self-care, self-love, it's, it's uh, a really big part of being in alignment and following your soul's purpose and being able to live life to the best of your ability at a high vibration and just being more connected than you ever thought possible. Um, it's really eye-opening. It's really um, an incredible journey. And it, I encourage all of you um, to look at yourself in a different light and realize that um, you've always had it. And you can literally do whatever you set your mind to. Um, the next one is throne. Your potential is endless. Um, and I know all these cards are definitely resonating with me. However, I know that they are also connected to this podcast because this podcast is about my brother coming through to me. And I feel like he's coming through to me in these cards because when I think about things that I know that are going on in my um, life as far as like business wise and just, um, our efforts in getting justice for him and everything, um, and how passionate and empowered I am right now. Like these cards are just spot on. And, um, I think that those feelings came through in my podcast, um, this episode. So, the fact that the cards are aligning does not surprise me either. Um, but I hope that these messages also align with you. And if you felt like you can relate or resonate with any of these cards or messages for different reasons, it doesn't need to be obviously about your brother or, you know, like a business thing. It can be about anything that's in your life. Um, if it resonates with you in this moment, know that it is meant for you. Um, the last card is the throne. Your potential is endless. Um, and it's basically just saying that you can do anything you put your mind to. Again, it's revalidating over and over again. Um, you know, you're a mighty queen or king, um, you know, and as you can be gentle, you can also be um, valiant and magnificent and you can definitely uh, rise to the occasion when necessary. And um, for any reason anyone ever tells you that you can't or that you shouldn't, um, that's because they're jealous or they fear your potential because they know exactly what you can and will become. Um, and... You just need to know that your potential is endless. And, you know, I know it's a little cliche sounding, but literally it starts with a thought. 
right? And then when you start putting actions with the thought, everything that you manifest and that you set your intentions to, they happen. You start working toward your goals little by little every day, doing things um, towards meeting your goals. And then suddenly you're halfway there. And then suddenly it's like, check mark, goal met, on to the next one. Um, and that's an awesome feeling. And I really, um, I really like this reading. I'm, I'm very touched and feeling even more empowered and inspired now after uh, the reading. And, and that's why I love this kind of stuff because my mindset can be shifted and changed and I can just have a different outlook and a different like energy about me. Um, after I, I do these things, like I can feel maybe anxious or, or not the best. And then I get in my space and I get in my zone and I pull some cards or, you know, I do anything like a reading for someone, record a podcast, do a collaboration, anything that has to do with this work and, and steps closer to being where I want to be with this work. Um, it literally, um, just like sets my soul on fire. Um, so I appreciate you all so much for joining me on this episode of Moments with Manifesting Mama RI. Um, I love what I do and I thank you for your support and lending a listening ear. Until next time, positive vibes, love and light coming your way. Take care. <laughs>